0: Welcome to Naked and Counting, the longest-running podcast serving the Afro-Latin dance community. I'm Magna Gopal.
1: And I'm Leon Rose. We're here to discuss the topics that you want to hear in an informative and light-hearted way. What's up, Magna Gopal?
0: Not much, Mr. Leon Rose. How are you doing?
1: Not doing too badly. Summer is almost over. Mm, But still still trying to take advantage of those last couple of weeks before everything changes and we get back into class and get back into well i don't know about you guys because over in uh france you know the classes the salsa classes all the classes any class actually rock climbing anything Mm. it goes by the school year so in september everything starts and this is why (laughs) the whole of france is on holiday from uh july august there's nobody in paris actually (laughs) because they're all gone away but there's there's not much happening only those times nice you know Okay. so uh um, yeah kind of getting ready for that you know that feeling you I'm I'm excited but it's also oh my god I know there's work to be done you know it's like you're going to going to school
0: right right yeah <laughs> I <know>? hear that
1: He's <laughs> like oh my god I'm gonna have to I'm, I'm not gonna be able to sleep early anymore or anything like that which comes to my uh question for today mm. well it's kind of a silly question but are you still teaching the way that you did before or are you using the same kind of techniques that
0: you were taught? Hmm. Interesting question. I mean, when I first started dancing, there wasn't much instruction because almost all of my dancing is from the dance floor. But I do remember that when I, when I first started teaching, I was, I guess, trying to teach a lot of the things that I saw so, for example, lady styling, you know, throw the hand up on one uh, or whatever it was that I saw. And I would teach that. I could break it down in, I guess, the technical elements, but I didn't really understand why it was useful or why yeah. it was important to. That's to exactly act.
1: what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And now, obviously, my dancing has changed significantly because I don't do that kind of styling anymore. And there's a reason for it. Like there's a very distinct, uh, deliberate, defined answer to why I don't do it. And that's what I teach. So I feel like my instruction over over the years, over the decades, has changed from, again, not regurgitating anything that I learned because I didn't really take a bunch of classes, but not just repeating what I saw. You know, not just saying, oh, this is what I'm seeing everyone do, so I should just teach it, but asking a shit ton of questions of like, why is this important? Why is everyone doing this? I know everyone's doing it, but why? And it doesn't make sense. And so I am going to figure out an answer to that. And based on the most logical answer, the the answer that makes the most sense, that's how I'm going to teach. And everything for the past uh, more than a decade now has been constantly looking at what I'm teaching and saying, is this the best way? You know, does this make sense? Well, things have changed in my body. How would I adapt? You know, and so, for example, when I was injured, before I got injured, I was teaching a certain way. Once I got injured, all of a sudden my method of teaching something changed because I'm like, we need to be more protective of our bodies. We need to have more stability, more security in the way we step. And that completely changed everything I taught forward.
1: So you was teaching from a chair. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was. Limping. That was the difference. <laughs> that was a limp. That's what that was. That's the introduction to that hip hop walk. You know, that's where I got it from. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wish you would share this, uh, this this video that we have right now. But I know you won't, cause you won't. Put There's anything... nothing. I
0: didn't. I didn't do anything. What are you talking <laughs> about? No,
1: hip hop walk. What the hell was that? So many, <laughs> so many things that I want to say, but I cannot. <laughs>
0: Well, how about you? I mean, you did learn from other instructors when you first started. So, how's your instruction changed over the years?
1: I think in the beginning, I'll tell you the, how it started for me. In the beginning, I was given the opportunity to teach. There was no kind of training at that time. It was just, I was thrown in and I did whatever I saw before. So, I was teaching an advanced class, you know, for my first day, and I just taught what the teacher who taught before me did, he used to go down and make up his routine five minutes before the class. And I would do that, you know, then I would go and teach the class, but I actually wasn't sure what I was doing. And also I didn't understand timing, but at that time, nobody in London understood timing. We used to count one, two, three, four, five, six. So, you know, my partner would kind of whisper in my ear, five, six, seven, and then I would continue counting one, two, three, four, five, six. It was kind of strange. Anyway, I didn't like what I was doing. You know, there was no classes at that time for me to learn how to teach. So I kind of took a lot of things from a lot of different places. Like I would go around to other people's classes and not even talking about the technique of the dance. I would go around to other people's classes and look how they, and learn how they, um, or try and understand how they taught. And also everything that I learned all the techniques that I learned, I started to question after a while because I had a kind of an epiphany um, a couple of years back when I'm just before I moved to France, where I think I probably talked about this, where I, I danced with somebody and she fell on the floor. And I was thinking, why is she on the floor?
0: Wait, I'm sorry. You definitely did not talk about that. We need nope. to
1: know. Nope. That was the time where I kind of started getting into Salsetsu. I've told you have told you about that, right?
0: Oh, no? I know about Salsetsu, but I mean, I guess... Clearly, salsa
1: can do. I don't get it wrong.
0: I know salsa too. Yeah, you talked about. We talked about all of that, but I, I guess you were doing more like salsa keto because isn't all a about the takedowns? Or no, no, which one? A uh, judo salsa, salsa judo judalsa. What the,
1: what the hell are you talking about?
0: All right, tell us about how she ended up on the floor then.
1: All right, so in London. I used to do... Um, that was my knuckles cracking, if anybody heard that. Um, uh, I used to dance with a lot of different people. And what I would do, I would kind of force my partner to get into position. So if they didn't know how to follow the move, then it became rough a rough lead. And I'm sure I've danced with you like that. There's a video where I dance with you like that. There sure story is. Around, You know? And that was because <laughs> I was dancing only with people... Were mostly with people around um where i was where i where i danced in london so they was maybe kind of used to what i was teaching at the time and also how i danced you know and then when i went outside of that area even though i was traveling already when i went outside one day and just danced normally and saw this girl fall on the floor that's when i started to change my my uh, style that's when i started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu and i saw my instructor fight this guy that used to kick my ass And the way he moved, it was so fluid. And that's when I said, "How can I create that within salsa? How can I lead anybody to do what I want and without, you know, having yeah, without the force and and have an enjoyable dance?" So that's where my concept changed. That's when I started to question everything that I learned and everything that I do.
0: You still didn't describe how she ended up on the floor, though.
1: She did a move and. She was on the floor. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) now what it was, she was, um, she's very light, Mm. a very light person anyway, just naturally. She's a very slim, very light because, and it's actually helped me to understand because I use the right technique with too much force that just threw her over. So what I've learned to do is, be kind of direct with the energy so without being forceful i'm making sure i get my partner to where i want them to be but um that situation really did make me question any move that i've learned over the years anything that i do now i i thought about it logically I thought about it. Why does it work? How can I make it work? Is this a choreography that everybody's supposed to learn? Because you understand what I'm saying. There are a lot of people that dance by choreography. So everybody know. Everybody in that school knows the routine. So when they go out, they're all prepared to put their arms in the same place.
0: With the people that they learned with. That's exactly. the problem.
1: Exactly. So they, there's not much creativity when it comes to that. So I wanted to create a system that would, where I would be able to dance to anybody, any place, any any style of salsa. But it does work for other dancers as well. It's just about connection.
0: And that, that's that been, without salsetsu approach, but that's been exactly my approach too as a follower because I wanted to introduce a whole bunch of things into the dance without disrupting the dance, like still maintaining yeah. the flow of the dance. And I think that's a big challenge in our... Communities around the world in the teaching and learning space. Because I wonder how many instructors are asking that question why to themselves, even, right? Mm. But also, how many students are asking the question why? Like, it's very common for students to be in a in a workshop. I mean, I've seen it. I mean, granted, whenever I'm teaching something, I say, okay, this is one way of doing it. You might have seen this other approach. This is really common. The reason I'm saying this is because if this happens, this is how you can adapt. So I'm already giving a reason. But anytime I ask a question, like, does anyone have any questions? There's... Not that many questions. So I feel like the students themselves aren't asking why, but I also really feel like because everyone's learning from somebody, especially if they want to become teachers, people are learning from other instructors and either they are getting to a position that they want to teach or they're being asked by the instructor to be a teacher in their school, they tend to just regurgitate and repeat what they've learned without questioning why something is the way it is does it work across the board does it only work like you said in a kind of choreographed setting or how could it be done better how could it be more effective is this the best approach like I don't know that people are really asking that question
1: well I can tell you as a student student and uh the the relationship between a student and an instructor is like uh it's like an influencer basically so whatever the influencer says you're going to go and try out and if nothing goes wrong then you're going to believe what you're you're going to believe that happens everywhere you understand there's not many if somebody tells you in empower or there's an influence or there's somebody that's in front of the class telling you what's going on. Most of the time we believe what they say. But it's definitely important as you want to progress, as you want to take yourself to the next level. I believe it's very important to ask the questions. Why? Maybe it might not come to you in the middle of the class because because I know me personally when you're saying about why it is not why is nobody asking any questions, it used to take me a week to understand the routine. So I actually, in the class, I didn't have the questions to ask. I okay. would have the questions later on, you know, seven days later, I'd have the routine. So that was uh, that was my personal um, thing.
0: Well, I guess the, the approach to the student, I understand that, it takes a little bit of time to process, to apply yeah. it, to put it into practice before you can even figure out if it works for you or not. But I think it's more on the teacher's side especially once you've achieved a certain level of teaching a certain amount of years uh, under your belt, right now you're this authority figure in that classroom setting, are you still exploring that question of why? Are you still asking yourself, right? Because if we want to improve our students, we want better students out there. And also if we want students to start questioning, because sometimes Students will go home. Maybe they will take that week to practice and still not have a question because they're like, well, it didn't work for me. I must be doing it wrong. The teacher said X. And so I just need to do X more or with more force or whatever the case is. That's, that might be their takeaway. It might not even be a question. But if a teacher is coming to class, and especially when you have a group of students with you for a certain period of time, and you're coming in there and saying, you know, I used to do it this way. Like, I see what you guys are doing. I used to do it this way. And I changed this because I started to ask myself why. And it didn't make sense. And so this is now the technique that I'm, I'm teaching. And so you're already putting into your class, into your instruction, that you are questioning things on a regular basis.
1: So there's two things. I think the first thing is that a lot of teachers, well, a lot of schools, they can kind of get caught up in the whole business aspect of it. Because you've got to create the syllabus and then everything kind of has to roll. And this thing goes on year by year. They're doing the same thing and always trying to get more and more students. Now, imagine if they actually realized that there was something wrong that they was teaching, how much work that would be to change. I've done um, a private class with a guy that has a school. And I spoke. we sat down and we spoke. And I just told him a couple of my techniques. And he had to go back and think, how can he change his syllabus to adapt that thing? So that can that could be one thing. Sometimes people get caught up in the whole business aspect and they don't kind of uh, uh, improve because they just worried about getting the next student. But now here's one last uh, martial arts an- analogy. The reason I think that my technique has really helped and improved me over the years and help improve my students over the years is because I've traveled. Because if you're stuck in the same pond with the same, you know, same other people, then you're not going to improve. You know, we've got to look at it like, um, you know, these, these different martial arts schools, they go to the other ones to test their, test out their skills. And now one thing that I like to do is that if I do come across a technique that maybe it's better than what I've been thinking about, what I've been teaching. I do not mind about incorporating that into what I do, what I teach, because I'm all about efficiency. I do advise, if you really, if you have a school and you know, you're know you working on it, do make sure you get out there because there is more that's in your town than in your state, than it's in your country. There's so much more out there. And
0: even on that level, to add to that, efficiency of a lead should be about being a really good lead or a really good follow. And you might not even need to leave your town. You might just need to explore a different dance. Like if you're in the middle of Texas, for example, teaching salsa and maybe you don't have the funds to travel and explore congresses, et cetera, you could go to a line dancing class you you could try a different class and see how your skills translate and if they do translate well then you know what you're doing right you can continue and if they don't translate well at least you have an idea or an area for improvement
1: and while you're out there looking for other schools where you can go and test out your technique why not tell them about this podcast this podcast may be the thing that tips the scale this this might be this might be we might be creating a revolution just by sharing this podcast by getting everybody to really question what they do and 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 really grow the scene and I think that's what we need we need to be contributing to growing this thing and by spreading this podcast you cannot go wrong
0: you absolutely cannot and make sure you send us a like leave a comment for us. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us on our page at Naked and Counting. You can also contact us directly at Mr. Leon Rose or at Magna Gopal. Catch you on the next episode.
1: Till next time. Bye-bye.